Welcome to In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know, where we are now about to have a podcast about a team that's almost clinched the play-in spot, very close to clinching, depending on the outcome of Tuesday's games. Mr. Mason, we have come very far, and you've traveled very far. Now you're in Detroit. How are things going? <laughs> uh, good, um, to, uh, except for the fact, except for apologies, to everyone, for my uh, podcast microphone having currently broken. I think I think it was one move too much. I I dragged this thing around and threw it in a bag and probably broke it. So, oops. But um, hopefully, audio is not too bad. Uh, but no, things are uh, things are good in in Detroit um, for uh, for next a uh, uh, few months. Um, we are officially house shopping, uh, so we're, uh, we're we're living here for this in downtown Detroit for the summer while uh, we do that. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just trying to soak up the sun. I'm gonna rub that in your face because it's been amazing. It's there's been crawfish boils like every weekend, and uh, we're now headed into you know jazz fest and French Quarter fest and all that stuff. So um, yeah. hope you enjoyed your move. Think the, <laughs> hope it went great. <laughs> I was in I was in Atlanta last week for work and then went down to Florida. Atlanta was perfect, man. It, it was like 70s, 60s and nice. And um, but yeah, you can rub it in for a little bit. It's going to turn here soon. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it'll be nice. The summer, the summer is actually pretty good up there. So that, that's good. it will not be like your experience in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my God. I I hated that. Anyway, <laughs> um, back to the Pelicans who are now. Uh, one game away from clinching uh, a play-in spot. And then, you know, they have a, they have a couple uh, games left to go before they clinch the ninth seed specifically over the San Antonio Spurs, who are only one game back at this point. But they have a, um, a tough schedule. So uh, you were saying they have uh, – hold on. Let me, let me pull this up. They're playing the Warriors, the Mavs, the Nuggets, and the Grizzlies, where – Timberwolves, uh, Timberwolves sorry, the Timberwolves, not the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves. And it seems like those all of those teams might have reasons to play, although I don't know if the Timberwolves feel like they can't um, move up there. But they're right there with the Jazz. I don't know, man. I, I feel like you're right. They, they all have stuff to play for because if you're the Timberwolves, why, why even get into playing scenarios against a, a Clippers team that is now surging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's – and then <laughs> – New Orleans, obviously, the couple couple of games they got Kings and Kings and Blazers, but then um, the Grizzlies, you obviously can't write off ever, uh, as we found out this season. They're going to keep that, that them and and the Suns. I mean, the reason the Suns and Grizzlies are the top teams in the West is because it doesn't matter who's out; they just keep winning. So, uh, but then the last last game against the Warriors, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully there's no need to to play hard on that. But even so, the, the, you know, who knows? Who knows? Any, anything goes the last game of the season, man. It's crazy. 
20 and two is the Memphis Grizzlies record uh, without John Moran, unless it turned into 21 and two um, recently. But yes, that is what the best team of all time. I think they should just trade Ja for picks. <laughs> God damn it. They don't need a player. They just need picks because their team is the best team of all time. They just doesn't matter who's in front of them, a good team or a bad team, um, a middling team. They're, they're going to get their ass beat. <laughs> Hey, before we before we uh, jump in anymore, uh, tell me about the uh, how was the watch party? Uh, I I, I want to you know since since I'm all the way up here in Detroit, I want to have even more FOMO and and uh, seems like you guys had a blast. Oh my gosh! So it was held at Mid City Yacht Club. So shout out to them for taking in our very rowdy uh, Pelicans crowd. And I don't know if you've been to Mid City Yacht Club. It has. Uh, you enter, it's like, on, it's on a corner, the bar on the corner. So you enter. And so it's like an L shaped room in the beginning where the bar is at. Uh, there's a few TVs over there. So immediately when you enter, it's packed shoulder to shoulder. Um, you know, kind of have to like fight your way to the bar to order a drink. And then as you start progressing um, to your right, you enter a little bit of an opening where there's a pool table and there's TVs there as well. And that is also packed. Uh, with people watching the game and then you open the door and you head to their outside area and um, it's a little uh, short very short I'd say like five yards or so of of like um, a semi alleyway um, that is adjacent to another internal room that is also packed and then you go down that alleyway it extends into like a a pretty big outdoor area uh, and that is also packed and, and has TVs and just people um, decked out in Pelicans gear. And so from the beginning of the game, every single shot, every single defensive possession, anything bad the Lakers did, people are cheering and losing their minds. And it's, it's just an unbelievable experience to be a part of. Like everyone was, um, I mean, I've never seen so many people in one area aligned for uh, a very common goal, which is putting the Lakers in the dirt uh, that is not like a sports <laughs> arena, you know what I mean? So it's it's, like, yeah. it's at a bar and, and um, for the Pelicans, I mean, that's, that's pretty huge. And that's despite the team itself trying to set up competing watch parties on the day of it um, <laughs> at oh Lucy's. God. I mean, come on at the day before the final four at Lucy's and wrong iron. Um, but and the Bruno's the, for last oh, night. Gosh, <laughs> dude. Talking about yeah okay talks. let's run into them two lane kids we want um anyways but no no I, that's where all like the that's where like the 60 70 year old two lane baseball lifers that's where they go watch games that's not even well and 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 the two lane crowd and the high school crowd yeah. um the the, the 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 yeah anyways um but the mid-city yacht club was great and the team actually did pull up uh they were handing out swag uh i guess some representatives from the team were there so they were handing out oh, language nice shirts yeah. and bucket hats not quite like the raffles and stuff that were going on at the at the other officially team sponsored one but they did they, they managed to send a representative out there um so that that was good just i you know my, my thoughts on that situation is it's like it's really really not difficult to to fumble the bag here it's or, and signal boost and just kind of work with something that's already existing like you don't have to yeah. you know I, and, and you know what? I support them trying to like do their own watch parties because honestly, the more there are in their city, the better. It's not entirely feasible to always only have one official watch party because, you know, as a fan base grows, you're not like facilities aren't going to be able to accommodate that. However, however, they shouldn't be trying to like compete with with the existing one on the day of and, and not signal boost. It. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. think it was a little bit tone deaf. 
Yeah, like it, it's it, it was strange. You, you almost wonder, and my, my, my gut tells me that they had this planned out before. But like the thing is, like they're not going to do this day of, but like put a, if you're going to do these watch parties, put a calendar out, let people plan. Like they keep dropping these locations. Like it's seemingly last minute to me, at least. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't get it. Like I'm sure, like I'm sure that they plan to do this at Wrong Iron and I'm not that it was the best location in the first place, but at least like give people a heads up. Yeah, I just realized I've been playing with a fidget spinner. So if you guys couldn't hear weird noises, that is, that is my fidget spinner. <laughs> I, I, I could not see your own kid. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's, don't worry. It's a Pelicans branded fidget spinner. I got it. Um, you know, actually, uh, shout out Jono. Jono hooked me up with these. Uh, Jono Barnes uh, does incredible content on, on Pelicans Twitter and Saints Twitter. Uh, when he was working with the Pelicans, I was uh, there. They had like a little give, giveaway night. Um, during the i guess whatever season jameer nelson played for the pelicans and um i remember like tweeting out like oh i want some of the fidget spinners but like since i came in with like a media pass like i didn't really have the opportunity to get some so we were in the locker room and uh we were actually interviewing jameer nelson was one of the dudes we interviewed and i like <laughs> for the funniest thing jameer nelson had like a stack of seven of them in his locker room and i was like yo like you really into fidget, fidget spinners he's like no no no, man they're for my kids and he has like four kids so it's pretty funny and then jono barnes um found me in the in the locker on the way out he's like here yeah take a few so shout out jono um yeah uh that's a cool thing that the pelicans did anyways back back to the Pelicans stuff um yeah so the the pelicans unfortunately lost against the clippers uh, the night before, they couldn't really keep up the scoring pace. Ben Ingram didn't have a particularly good game. CJ started off hot and then cooled down pretty quickly. And no one could really get it going offensively while the, Spurs, or while the Clippers seemingly could not miss from three. So just kind of one of those games. But I, I think, you know, I, I look at the loss. I look at some of the wins. And um, I can't say, like, I'm 100% happy with how the rotations have been uh, recently and, and frankly all season and they're they're a little bit kind of perplexing at, at times uh just wanted to get your overall thoughts do you end up sharing those emotions as as the game goes on and, and do you feel like we're kind of like too in the moment and not taking a a step back and realizing okay maybe there's something else to play here uh I, I mean, there's there's probably other things at play here, but that doesn't mean we're not, I mean, like the fan base was all over the Garrett Temple minutes and that before well before it happened. And then and, and then eventually, you know, the the things changed after the all-star break. But I but I do think that um I, I think the point of frustration now is a little bit more delicate. Like and, and there's gonna be some politics at play similar to Garrett Temple situation. I think it seems like there's the, the bigger issue fans have right now is uh, is Devonte Graham playing over Jose Alvarado, and I know there's probably some some lesser concerns around um, the, the the end of the bench guys. So I mean, you know, Trey Murphy is it seems like his minutes have been a little bit more volatile after the after the big game he had against the Lakers, but but I do think it's it's probably it's it's got to be really challenging for rookie head coach like Willie Green um to to manage personalities as well um and so i would i would my my gut tells me that Devonte graham's gone from starter to, to first guard off the bench to now like fourth guard and i'm sure that doesn't really make willie green feel very good if he was going to you know play jose over over him but i think there's it, it feels like it's almost like where is jose alvarado is the bigger question like i don't really care as much about Devonte graham's minutes 
but I really think Jose's minutes have to come. I don't really, and like who, who they come at the expense of is less important to me than him just playing because good things happen when, when Jose Alvarado is on the floor. He's the plus minus merchant. Whenever he's on the <laughs> floor, lineups just magically become amazing. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, right? So I think Jose has more than enough, done more than enough to earn his playtime. And it's kind of ironic that now that he's got his contract, his playtime has, has diminished in some of these games. But part of that's because, yeah, I mean, the team is constructed where you, you really can't play two small guards at the same time, um, I, I know like the net ratings of, of the CJ and Devontae lineups and then uh, any lineup that Jose has been in have been okay. But from like an eye test standpoint, it just seems like teams immediately go into mismatch mode. And the Clippers last night are the kings of doing that. They're going to find your weakest uh, weakest link and apply pressure, pressure, pressure until something breaks. And then when you're running two small guards out there and then you have a Billy Hernan Gomez or a Jonas out there, it's tough, right? Because then you're asking um, not great athletes to get in the pick and roll here, and then you have to play a certain scheme, and it just becomes a mess. So I'm super curious to see what happens in the playoffs, and and yeah. part of it's also like, you know, I do wonder if you just excise Devontae from the rotation entirely, if he just becomes a sunk contract that you can't move this yeah. summer. I mean, like, you know, it's He's going to get moved, right? And and we've seen much, much worse contracts because after this summer, he has like a year of 10 million and another year of 10 million. And then like, it's a bit million yeah, yeah, like it's it's basically MLE money. And so it's really not um, difficult to, to move him. And I'm sure there's like teams that want to move around money and you could probably it, package him in a trade. But but really, yeah. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like, you know, you, you risk losing him and you risk lose uh, as a human and you risk losing his, his asset value. If there is any, I mean, I honestly, like, you know, I, I think GMs are pretty smart. They're not going to be like, Oh, well you didn't bench Devante. We're going to give up more for him now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, and so to, to Willie's credit, I feel like he eventually has gotten things right. So, you know, Billy has gotten DNPs the last couple of games. And so it seems like when the, when the importance of games continue to escalate, um, he, he's, he's doing some of the right things, even if it's not all the right things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very curious and this is probably a, to- a topic for a later pie, but, but um, the, like, w- what is Devonte Graham's market value? Because like he was a, he was a legitimately useful player. Like there's a reason the Pelicans went out and got him. He was, he was good last. Uh, I mean, he's been good to really since the end of the league. And so, um, obviously he has his limitations, um, size, size and defense being a couple of big ones, but, um, but I, I, I struggle to, uh, to, to think that he's just, just not a useful player. Uh, no, he's and, been, and so, he's been a positive player for the Pelicans all season, yeah. um, leading up to the, the CJ trade, whether or not right. his shot was going in just by virtue of having a competent ball handler out there, that's not going to turn up, turn it over at alarming rates, you know, just, just having that presence out there. And, you know, Pelicans were making runs um, before they traded for CJ, right. They were, they were coming in hot into that trade deadline and then they added um, CJ. So it's not like, you know, he's a complete negative out there. Like the Pelicans starting unit with the Josh Hart and, and uh, sorry, Devante and BI and Herb and and Jonas was one of the best starting units in, in the league. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's kind of like one of those problems where it seems like he's a a situational player, um, kind of, I, I'm going to draw the Lonzo comparison, but you know, lineups Lonzo was a part of, 
um, excelled when the starters were on the floor, when, when he got to play with Zion, when he got to play with BI, when he got to play with the good players, and then you take away the good players. And then all of a sudden he's not lifting lineups. And I think that poses a similar challenge for, for Devante, where, you know, he, he could be his best when he was playing with other good players. And I think part of Willie experimenting with the two guard lineups is, Hey, how does he look off ball? How does he look in, in a role where he's having shots created for him? He's more in the catch and shoot, that kind of stuff. Because um, I know it's going to look a little bit different when Zion comes back, but that's, that's ultimately what, what's going to happen, right? Where he's going to be, he's not like no one outside of like the three, the, the big three, you're basically going to have much on ball usage when, when Zion comes back, if you think about it. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over under on sleeper. It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game and have fun with your friends. And most importantly, make some money. Make sure you use that promo code blue wire and sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download sleeper, then use promo code blue wire. When you deposit terms and conditions apply, see sleepers terms of use for details. Um, so I, I guess kind of th- uh, putting, taking this a step forward, um, you're, you've got a, and I know this, there's, there's situational changes based on who you're playing and, and what their strengths are, but I mean, what's your, how many how many players are in your rotation for the play-in or for the playoffs? Um, or let's start with playing because that might even be more drastic because it's a winner winner go home type thing. But um, is it? I mean, I, I feel like we would agree that there's seven and the two, the two uh, bench guys being Larry Nance and Jose Alvarado. It, do you go Trey Murphy and that's it? What, what's your what's your uh, what's your rotation for the for that play-in game? So yeah, I think you keep the the five starters as is. Um, well, not necessarily as is. I don't, I don't, I think you have to look at not starting Jackson. Um, I agree. I said it. <laughs> but I think, you know, if it's not Jackson, it's Larry or Trey. So, so let's just, let's just oh, counting. Okay. I, I thought it was going to obviously, I thought it was going to be Nance for sure, but that's interesting. Say, uh, say more about that. Yeah. So sure. they've been, if you looked at, if you've been noticing how Willie's been opting the clothes, it's been with Herb and Trey. And, and Trey, um, when, even when he's not hitting shots, has a person glued onto him. I was, a funny, funny story. I actually was, uh, was talking to, to his dad uh, the other day, and he was saying this past Lakers game, Stanley Johnson uh, told him, like, you're not getting any shots off this game because obviously Trey had let them off for 21 or whatever, however many he had um, the previous Sunday. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he was basically saying, Stanley Johnson was like, we're, we're going to be glued to you. So no one helped off of him, not LeBron, not Stanley, not, uh, Avery Bradley, whoever ended up on Trey, like was glued to him. And, and that just, that does so much for your offense when you have some, what's that? 
No, I say, yeah, it does. It does so much for your offense. And Willie's been opting to close with Trey and those closing units have been good. They've made up ground. Um, I, I don't have that exact numbers in front of me, but like the, the lineups Trey's have been, uh, Trey's been a part of since he entered the rotation again, have all been positive. Um, and so I, you know, if that's going to be your closing lineup, if it's a win or go home situation, I can see a world where that's also your starting lineup, but I don't think you can necessarily bench Jonas uh, off uh, off the rip here. So I think Jonas remains a starter, but I very much think that depending on the matchup, like if it's the Wolves, Jonas is probably going to play, but I think they look at uh, closing with Larry or closing with Jackson, closing with more switchy athletes. Um, I know, I think as the, the difficulty, the, the game difficulties get higher, uh, Jonas is going to see less minutes in the crunch time. That that's my opinion. But I think, I think that there's a pretty good argument for Trey starting um, right off the rip in in a winner go home situation. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on the Jonas bit, and it's it's tough. But at the same time, we we saw what Chris Paul did does to Jonas or, or bigs like Jonas, um, and it's it's not pretty. And so I think certainly if they're even, even able to get to, um, you know, get to the play uh, or get to the first round of the playoffs against Phoenix, that they're going to be in a tough spot with him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think let's just, let's just stick with the five starters as is for now. Um, just, just for bookkeeping purposes. And then you have Larry and Trey that's seven, Jose eight. Um, I would keep it at that, but I think Willie is going to try to find a way to get Najee in there. <laughs> and probably Devontae. So that's 10. He, man, that'd be bad. <laughs> 10 man rotation in a game like of this magnitude. Oof. I mean, I guess it's not, it doesn't have to be terrible if you're talking about 10, nine or 10 guys, but like all the minutes they're getting, they're, they're each getting like, five to 10 minutes or different or different players out at the end of the bench. But that's, I wouldn't want that either. I mean, you want guys to get in their rhythm. You don't, you don't want someone to play like for four minutes or five minutes and that's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough. Let me, I'm going to pull up this, uh, this Lakers game here, uh, which I think was like the closest they got to like a winner go home yeah. scenario. It was a close game. They was a, it was a, a must win situation. Um, let me pull up this box score here. And so he played, um you're talking about the home game or the road one this last one this last one okay. so he played 10 people but jose got seven minutes Devonte got 14 minutes cj got 40 minutes um and then you know brandon ingram still was on his minute limitation so he only got 34 valentunas got 38 uh herb got 36 so like i think that's gonna be closer and then in that one jackson got 23 and nance got 15 and trey got 14 so i think some of jackson's minutes go to nance and trey and then um naji also got 14 minutes i I feel like he trusts naji more than he trusts trey it's it's weird i think objectively trey's got to get those minutes i don't i don't think naji should be a playoff rotation player but i i think willie will play him yeah, I am with and and look, I also respect Willie Green tremendously for t- t- changing course with because Najee was totally out of the rotation to start the season, and now he's gone to a, a guy, he's become a guy that Willie trusts, and so that's it's it's great to see that kind of flexibility, and and again, 
Willie, it's, it's taken him some time uh, throughout the course of the season, maybe more than we as fans would like, but it does seem like he's willing. He's, he, he's keep, he keeps it up in mind with, with his rotations. And so, um, yeah, I, and so I actually looked at, I, until I realized that Larry Nance didn't play in this game, I was looking at the very first, the first Lakers game. Um, but, uh, and so they, they effectively went with a nine man rotation and CJ played 38 minutes. Jonas played 37 uh, Herb Jones played 38 and then the BI, the BI is a, a wrinkle because BI only played 26. It was his first game back, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, so I, I kind of, so I'm with you in the sense, I don't think, I really don't think that Willie goes 10 man, but I do think nine is in the cards and I wouldn't, <laughs> I would, I would try to keep it to eight. And, and it just depends on the team. Right. So like if it's, yep. if it's Minnesota, you're probably putting Jonas out there. You probably are because um, Cat's a huge dude, and yeah, he's gonna space you out. But like, uh, there's not really much else you can do. Do because I don't know. I mean, I feel like I would I would go with Larry. I would try it, but Cat's pretty talented, and you maybe I think I think you want to have Jonas out there as a big body at least for a lot of minutes. You maybe don't close with him, but like I think Jonas probably is getting somewhere in 34, 35 that game. Um, but if it's the Clippers, man, I. That's tough. I, I think you got to go small early because they they have made a living out of mismatch hunting. And if they can, you know, if they can do that to, to, to Rudy Gobert and they can space it out and expose and, and credit to Rudy, it's really the Jazz's perimeter defense. Um, but the Pelicans, these past few games have just looked so much better when they've been running those experimental switching units where it's just like Larry, Trey, Herb, Najee, uh, and then one guard or, you know, swapping one of um one of those wings for BI or Jackson, like they just, they look really athletic and really switchable and teams look uncomfortable against that. And so you may not have the switching that the Clippers do in their small lineups uh, or the shooting, sorry, the shooting that the Clippers do in their small lineups, but you can certainly like emulate a lot of the switching that the Clippers are currently doing that make life hell for, for a lot of teams and force you to play one-on-one. And it's kind of how Brooklyn played in the playoffs last year when they were starting Blake Griffin at center and then Kyrie and then Joe Harris and, and Bruce Brown um, and, and Kevin Durant. And they were just, you know, locking up this juggernaut of a Milwaukee team because Milwaukee just did not have the one-on-one players um, to, to keep pace with that. It just became a defensive grind out of, of a series where, you know, went to, went to seven and, you know, had Katie's, Shubin is a size smaller could have could have looked very differently um but yeah I mean I I really you know like I think Jonas has been tremendous for the Pelicans and I think there's some matchup where you absolutely got to play him but I I think there's I think as the level of difficulty gets up you kind of have to see if hey are these teams good enough on a one-on-one basis that they can consistently get past our wings and and score at, at the rate that they need to and I think maybe this year you don't necessarily have enough offense with, with CJ and Brandon Ingram, even though the regular season stats have been pretty incredible. Those lineups have been scoring 120 points per 100 when, when they're together. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe they can, maybe they're built for playoff basketball because it's tough shots for them in mid range. But I definitely think if you add Zion to um, one of those switchy units, the Pelicans have, an incredible amount of offense and they're going to be very difficult to stop. Yeah. How nice is it to finally, I mean, this is the thing that um, I was just talking about this on different podcasts, uh, you know, uh, how, how nice it is to have wings that can 
you know, long wings that are athletic that, that you can allow you to have so much versatility defensively. Because, you know, you think back to the Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday Pelicans team. It's just like the, we had we had two all all NBA caliber defenders and the team was not was was had moments on defense. But just what I mean, it wasn't that good because you had each one more playing the three and, and just like that's that's, you know, with one example. But. The, the, there's a reason the Pelicans could never get to that elite level of defense despite having two all NBA, like all world caliber, def- caliber defenders. And it's because they were missing players like they have now. Um, and so it's, it's nice that the, I mean, and great that we're not talking about a, a, a defensive juggernaut here in the Pelicans, but it just gives them the, the flexibility to, to, to play a, a lot of different ways. And, and like you said, when Zion comes back, I mean, this is going to be a, a, a scary, a scary team. Okay. So, Check this out. The Ingram, Herb, Valanciunas, McCollum, Snell lineups. Um, they, I mean, this is all incredibly small sample size, but they had a net rating of plus, you know, 36 per 100. You replace Snell with Trey and it's plus, plus 27 uh, per per 100. So like the, the kind of idea of having a big wing shooter next to those starters makes sense um i don't know man I, I know the samples are very very small there but it's just like i jackson's been very good and and he cleans up a lot of stuff and deters so many people from the paint um that i think you know for his spot starting that he's been doing it's been incredible but man those winner go home situations i feel like you gotta go to your best players as frequently as possible if not immediately right or at least your best units not your best players necessarily yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, and so it's going to be, regardless, it's going to be a great learning experience for this entire team, including the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really will be. I'm excited that they're getting to work through these problems in games that matter, rather than trying to figure this out when you're already been eliminated for weeks. Um, and so it it adds a level of, urgency to coaching staff. So like, I need to get this right because everything is consequential. And I think this is, this is where growth happens, right? Because where you, where you get into situations where teams are just as hungry to, to get those wins because every game that the Pelicans have basically have been playing, well, not every game, but a lot of the games the Pelicans have been playing matter. Um, and so it's, it'll be nice to play Portland and, and the Kings here to get a little bit of the reprieve, but it's just it's nice to see hey this is how teams are going to be scheming against you i mean getting getting a dose of the clippers before potentially seeing them in the plans is huge right um getting getting the lakers best punch thrown at you and and surviving it is is huge yeah uh, absolutely and so and the pelicans were kind of playing with house money a little bit with the clippers for a lot of reasons um and so i don't think any of us should be shocked that they lost that game even the way that they did but um i think it, it was something that was needed for, and, and, and now that they, I mean, the Pelicans have had a nice time with the Clippers recently. They've won a bunch, they've beaten them pretty handily. Um, and so they, there's a six I, game I winning streak prior to this. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind the reality check. Um, and Paul George is very good at basketball. So um, man, if that comes to pass and, and we've got a, and who knows, you know, the Clippers are really good right now. I mean, they, I, there's a, there's absolutely a world where they, where they go to Minnesota and beat, and beat the Timberwolves, but man, I am regardless. I, I just, I just really want, 
I really want the Pels to win that 9-10 game and, and have that chance. And, you know, if it doesn't go their way, either way, playing a Clippers team with Paul George or playing a, a, a Timberwolves team that's been very good this season, really good in the second half of the season. I mean, look, either way, they're going to learn from it. They're, they're going to grow from it. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be tough. They, they got a couple really daunting opponents facing them in that um, whoever loses that 7-8 game. Yeah. Um, so here's here's a fun stat. The the Herbert Jones and Trey Murphy two man duo is a plus five point six um, per one hundred. They and that's in two hundred and sixty two minutes. So that's not like a tiny tiny sample, but it's not a huge sample either. Um, and opponents are shooting uh, thirty five point seven percent from three, which is again like not a huge uh, a hugely low number. While the Pelicans in that time are only shooting um 29.75 percent from three so that's a uh, lot of a lot of improvement from uh, the pelicans possible in in those units but i was wanted i wanted to check one more stat if you bear with me i'm trying to get um uh high leverage situations that they've been in which are like important minutes and it yeah in 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 high leverage situations they've both been in um they're a plus 14 Point five per 100 so yeah they've been good when they've been closing again small sample but I, I i feel like this is a future everyone can see it even when they were that brief like four or five game span when snell was in the in the rotation they were closing with snell you could see that oh yeah having a, a wing that can shoot there and switch that makes sense um yeah. so <laughs> i, I mean hate... yeah and now Another thing that is new for this, I think for Pelicans fans, they have three rookies who can play. <laughs> When's the last time they've been had two rookies who can play? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, I mean, hopefully there's not, a, it doesn't seem like there's as much fool's gold here. I mean, I, I think we know, we know Dan, we're very confident about Herb Jones. Um, I, I think Trey Murphy is, you know, it's a, it's a hot stretch, but I feel like he's showing you all the, all the tools that he can play in the NBA. He's going to be, he's going to be a guy that Pelicans can count on. He's going to be in the league a long time. The only, yeah. the only question with him is, is he turn into a specialist or does he turn into something more? So, right. and, and, and I, I, you know, I'm very high on him. I think he's going to be very good for very long. Yeah. And, and then even uh, Alvarado. And so is Alvarado ever going to be a starting point guard in the NBA? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, but it doesn't, I, I don't know if the, that upside is there with him, but I think he's already. But does he need to, to be right? Like exactly, exactly. Tyus Jones has been right. in the league for how many years now? Six or seven. Uh, he's been one of the best backup point guards in the league. Uh, TJ McConnell, um, same thing. And you just kind of have these these dudes who are, you know, pests off the bench and they have made a very long career out of doing what they're doing. And, and teams love that energy. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's a Pelicans are, you know, in good shape with some of their young talent, um, which is something that I mean, I, I don't know. It's been it's been a while, even even the, I mean, even the draft with Zion uh, Jackson and, and Nikhil, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's you. You didn't see as much early promise as um, as you're seeing as you're seeing now. I don't think. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, there's there's an argument for Jack. Everyone everyone wrote off Jackson, but there is very much an argument that Jackson is a top ten player in his class, and he was drafted eighth, which is around that. Um, you know, around that. Like the the advanced stats love him, and we'll we'll see we'll see what ends up happening with him. But yeah, just having three 
players on rookie scale contracts, two of them being uh, second round or undrafted. So, you know, you they're just insanely cheap is going to be very, very important as this roster continues to get super expensive. And, yeah. you know, if, if whether they, they throw down the full max for Zion or end up doing something else where they bring in another good player, um, you need this pipeline of role players that keep your team together that uh, is, is cheap. Speaking of Zion, and I want to end it on this note, um, do you think he plays? No, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, if they play against, if they get a series against the Suns, I won't rule that out, but I don't, I don't see any, any way that he's back before the end of the, of the uh, back for the play, you know? Wow. I don't, I, at that point, like, how do you introduce that in the middle of a playoff <laughs> that. playoff series if you um, haven't you know it's one thing to be like oh point. yeah like kevin durant you know played and then missed some time and then now he's gonna come back for the playoffs it's another thing where this dude has not played a single minute with this group well counterpoint what do you have to lose you're the eighth seed <laughs> that is true that is very true i'm just um, yeah i mean i don't yeah i guess just from um just uh, from a strategy standpoint, like from a schematic standpoint, like how and when do you, like, what, how do you deploy him? How do you, like, if you assume that he can play 30 minutes, not, let's not say 35, I guess if he can play 30, they're going to play in 35 if they're going to try to win yeah. games. Like that's yeah, not, so. they're not going to do, yeah. I feel like they're, they're going to do whatever they can to win games, but like, yeah, I, he's obviously a very seamless fit in the starting lineup. If you remove Jackson, just put him there. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man, I, those, those, those uh, rotations kind of going back to like, we're talking about Willie, those, those units that he runs out there where it's like Devante, Jose, Najee, Trey, and Jackson. And you're like, how, how are you running these units without any of the, the three scorers, but those units are kind of low key built for Zion to, to step in. If you think about yeah. it, like to take one of Devante's or, or Najee's minutes there and, and just, you have, people who are high energy defenders and he's just going to be your offense for that unit. It's kind of very much what they did when they had that dominant uh, dominant bench unit last year with Kyra and Josh Hart and uh, James Johnson and Jackson, (laughs) where there was like, okay, there's really no shooting around Zion, but that's that lineup scores a million points per possession and no one scores on them. It doesn't make any sense. And it was just murdering, um bench units so yeah zion zion would be a big boon to those no starter units that that willie's been running yeah i mean but like just like we're we're what we're eight days from the start of the play-in i i, I don't know if they've announced who plays first east or west um or yeah you because know, i think it's two days and then two days for the uh, first set and second set of playing games but like yeah i mean there's just we're we're very much running out of time here and I, I just I, I i don't i don't buy it and again maybe there's some sort of chance that, that they'd make the actual playoffs but i mean we, we're we're running out here yeah anyways that should be a fun thought exercise i'm 100 percent looking forward to any potential smoke screens you know the games they play in the playoffs where they're like is this guy available is the guy not uh there's going to be a million rumors and a million sources that people uh, magically find and um it's gonna be great always anyways thank you listening folks
everyone, my name's Colin Kelly, and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football, and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts, with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.